Welcome to the Live Lucky Podcast, where we discuss the lucky strategies that bridge the gap between who you are and who you want to be. I'm your host, Blake Suzellis. Get ready to face the worst of yourself, shift your perspectives, deepen your love, and broaden your wisdom to live and lead others in a lucky life. Welcome back to the Live Lucky Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Uh, Today we are finishing up our book, Mind Over Medicine, by Dr. Lissa Rankin. And she's a medical doctor who kind of left her profession to be able to pursue and understand kind of the question that we are pursuing as well this entire year. What is possible? And specifically with our health uh, was the focus of this book. But in the last episode, we talked about the factors of whole health, how loneliness poisons the body, but loving relationships can actually heal the body and act as medicine. Um, We also talked about how overwork kills us and how positive emotions benefit our health. And so we're going to finish up with chapter 8, chapter 9, and then we're going to also go through appendix B uh, in the book here. So Let's dive in. So chapter eight, it's called How to Counteract the Stress Response. Now this is not a new topic for us on the show, um, but I'm just kind of reiterating some things and then also adding some other studies that she put in the book. Uh, But the one thing she showed, there's multiple studies, and I don't know if I've ever said this, but uh, studies have shown 60 to 90% of doctor's visits can be attributed to the stress response. Now, I know that seems like a lot, but I mean, if as you think about what we've been talking about and how the sympathetic nervous system, when that's in control and your stress response comes on, what happens? It tells all your cells, hey, we need to, you know, buckle down and get ready for the war versus what? When the parasympathetic is in, uh, is in charge that's when we can actually heal. So it makes a lot of sense from a cellular point, um, but also when we bring in this whole idea of mind-body, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense that 60 to 90% of doctor visits really are attributed to that stress response. So um, inviting the parasympathetic response, you know, of course, that is going to be the goal. And there's just overwhelming research, and this is something that she shared in there. And I'm going to read this list because I thought it was uh, just important to really see how much of health can be affected by our stress. Um, But there was overwhelming research showing efficacy in treating angina, uh, arrhythmias, asthma, herpes, coughs, constipation, diabetes, ulcers, dizziness, fatigue, hypertension, infertility, insomnia, nausea, vomiting, anxiety, swelling, PMS, arthritis, side effects of cancer and AIDS, as well as all forms of pain. And these are all, you know, research studies showing that there is overwhelming evidence that as we invite that parasympathetic response and really bring that on, that truly, truly makes a big difference in our health. And so she did talk a lot about in this chapter eight, meditation. And and I know I've brought it up a couple times and I've shared how, you know, I have a meditative practice and I've been just seeing the benefits of that, uh, you know, mind, body and spirit. Um, 
And so for me, you know, it's a daily thing, sometimes two, three times a day, just kind of depends, you know, what the day is like and uh, how I'm feeling, how I'm doing. Um, But there's a lot of scientific evidence as well. And this was a really interesting uh, study or at least uh, phenomenon, I guess we could say, where she was explaining how there are monks that uh, dress themselves in freezing temperatures with cold rags. You know, we're talking 15,000 feet up in the mountains, putting on these just wet rags um, and then meditating in this freezing weather. I mean, what would you expect if that if you were to do that and you would expect hypothermia and probably death, right? I mean, like, let's be honest here. But what they have trained their bodies to do is heat up from the inside out to the point where it actually dries these sheets. And they don't die. They actually are heated from the inside out, and they're totally fine. Um, I mean, so there's there's so much evidence. And in, in, in terms of meditation, my goodness, there's so many different types, too. I mean, these guys, of course, these monks have been doing, you know, very basic stuff all the way to very advanced, obviously. Uh, and, and so I want to bring that in. You know, there are many different types of meditative practices, you know, base, you know, mindfulness of just mindfulness meditation of just being with your body, you know, centering your breath and just really honing in on what your body is experiencing. You know, I'm sure I've said this before, but I'll say it again. You know, our body is the most present thing we have. It can never be in the future. It can never be in the past. And so when we focus on our breath, our heartbeat, and what we're feeling uh, in our bodies and just witnessing that, that is a mindfulness exercise because it brings it back to the moment. So that's one type. Um, Another one that she had talked about in the book was called witness consciousness. And it's it's where you become just the observer of your thoughts. And, and one interesting thing I thought that was really cool, and this is something that uh, I've heard from other people as well, if you are the observer of your thoughts, how can you be your thoughts? That was such a profound thing to me because it's like that whole thing of object and observer. You can't be the object of which you observe, right? So if we are witnessing our thoughts, if we're witnessing our emotions, we're witnessing the feelings in our body, obviously we cannot be those things. We're observing them. And so we are that, you know, the driver of the body, but we are not the body. And so that was a really, another type of of meditative practice. You know, there's other types like energy meditation where you know, people focus on the energy flowing through their body and working on the seven chakras, those different energy centers. Um, you know, and there's all the way uh, meditative types all the way through alter consciousnesses. Um, and of course, these monks gave us an example of different kinds of just what, what can we do on the internal to create the external. Um, but it really helps us to focus on being to balance out so much of the doing that we spend all day uh, usually focused on and just helps us to um, just really bring that in balance. Um, So if you are someone who has never actually started a meditative practice, I mean, there's, there's a couple things that I would say. First off, 
Um, she even says this in the book, create a sacred space, just a place where you feel very comfortable uh, just being safe and knowing that you can close your eyes and just be there as long as you want without any interruptions. Or if you do have, it's like, hey, I've got 15 minutes and this is, uh, but you're creating that safe, sacred space, even for those 15 minutes. And then um, if you're just beginning in meditation, of course, guided meditation on Spotify or YouTube, these can be great resources just to start out. Um, I mean, there's so many different types out there. And so um, you'll absolutely be able to find something that uh, you can connect with. So she also puts at the end of chapter 8 other ways to elicit that parasympathetic response. Um, so I'm just going to read off a whole list of things, and this is definitely not an exhaustive list. But creativity, sexual release, time with loved ones and spiritual family, doing work you love, laughing, you know, pets, journaling, praying, yoga, and other types of movements, uh, music, whether it's playing music, singing music, uh, or songs, rather, gardening. I mean, there's so many things you could do to, to draw on and, and kind of really elicit that parasympathetic response. But those are some of them. So maybe take a think about, you know, which ones of these do you want to spend more time doing? or being, you know, whether it's in meditation or whatever else. So just something to consider because of the, we just know how much benefit comes from meditation, mind, body, and spirit. So if you're not doing it, why not try it out? This might be that week where it's like, you know what, it's time. I'm going to go ahead and step into that. I just encourage you to do that this week. Uh, so that's chapter 8. So the final chapter of the book is chapter 9, The Six Steps to Healing Yourself. Um, and it's interesting because at the beginning of the chapter, she delineates the, the definition between heal and cure. And so the definition she put on for heal is to make whole versus cure to be free of disease or symptoms. And so that can be a really different experience if you were trying to heal or be cured from an illness or a disease or some, some other one of those things that I listed up earlier uh, that, that it can be helped with that parasympathetic response. But um, just recognizing there is a difference between that, those two different uh, definitions. So, um, so let's go through the, the six steps here. So step one and then you're going to love this, guys, believing healing is possible, <laughs> which is exactly why we're discussing that question of what is possible this year, you know, and really trying to dive into that and understand that. Because without really digging in, into that question, we're not really inviting in hope. You know, because when we can positively have positive response to that question of what is possible and thinking and imagining and envisioning a different and a better future, that increases hope. And when we can see that the future is hopeful, that really does help our uh, parasympathetic response um, as specifically, but just helps us with our mood. It helps us interacting with other people and it's really helpful for a body, obviously. So step one, believe healing is possible. And that is something you have 100% control over. 
you know, the biggest thing, and we've talked about this in the past, you know, is we fear being disappointed or something like that. We fear emotional experiences. And so when we can start recognizing that our emotions are just like crayons in a crayon box, right? There's no good or bad crayon in the crayon box. It's just we have preferences, but none of them are really better or worse than the other. They're just part of the experience of being a human. So working through that uh, fear of emotions is really important here because that's what's going to allow you to step into the question of really asking yourself what is possible and being hopeful about that response and that answer. So step two, uh, connect and surrender to the divine healer within, letting your inner knowing guide your healing journey. So that's step two. Uh, connecting with your body and your spirit, you know, and really that whole mind-body-spirit connection is really crucial in this entire journey of healing and figuring out what is possible. But also the surrender is uh, something that is such a crucial piece of the journey. Um, And it's so funny, I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, but in August uh, I got my first tattoo and it's uh, Sanskrit, it's Ishvana Pranadhana, Ishvara Pranadhana, I'm sorry. And it's, I surrender to the divine will. And uh, it's so interesting how that has been teaching and guiding me these past, you know, half a year or better. Well, actually, yeah, a lot longer than that now. Um, but really being able to surrender control, surrendering um, all these things that are holding you back from really being in tune with yourself and the divine, you know, letting that inner knowing, that inner intuition, and we've talked about this, your intuition is different than the emotional brain. The emotional brain is something that is fear-driven, right? It's all about protection. It's all about safety. Now, intuition, that is very different. Now, you may have an intuitive uh, sense that, you know, there is something that's going to happen that is not possible or, you know, maybe this person is lying to you, but it's not driven out of fear. It's really, uh, I guess you could even say a love for yourself that, okay, yeah, I am here to protect myself and listen to my body and that intuitive intuition within to guide me to keep myself safe. And that's that self-trust. And it's such a crucial part of this journey. So we've got hope, we've got self-trust, we've got surrendering. Um, Step three, surround yourself with healing support. And so this is also where, you know, she brought in that whole idea of, you know, who are the people around you and what type of relational strategies do you have with them? Are they fear-based? Are they love-based? But then also even with your practitioners, you know, Are they encouraging you and and saying, yes, this is possible, you know, and um, really looking for your uh, best interest, but keeping the the doors open and not shutting any doors uh, to your healing journey of any kind and really making sure that you're surrounding yourself with people who are love-based, right? and not fear-based and and or just limiting that time with them doesn't mean you have to completely cut them out of your lives but just spending 80 percent of your time with the people that are more love-based than fear-based all right so surround yourself with healing support 
Um, step four, diagnose the root cause of your illness. Okay, and so this is where you are kind of drawing on that uh, inner knowing uh, through the process of really being honest with yourself in a lot of different things. Um, recognizing, you know, what purpose is the illness serving for you? Sometimes, you know, we actually don't want to get rid of an illness because maybe, you know, if I get well, then I have to take care of my elderly parent that I just really don't want to do. Or if I get well, then I actually have to start working again and I can't collect disability. Or if I get well, uh, maybe that's the only way that I think that I can get people to love me, right? So we have to be able to diagnose the root cause of our own illnesses and be honest with ourselves. What role is it playing? Why are we allowing it um, in, in some ways? Are, are, we, are we afraid of losing it, I guess you could say? Is there a fear there? What purpose is it serving? So that's something that's going to be really difficult to hone in on. Um, but at the same time, again, we're going to come back to, you know, number two, surrender to the divine healer within. Allow that inner knowing to, to guide you to diagnosing the root cause of your illness. All right, step five, write the prescription for yourself, okay? No one knows you better than you, okay? There are doctors and therapists and all sorts of different practitioners that absolutely have intuition and that can help guide you. But ultimately, when we're giving our responsibility to everybody else around us and not really stepping into our own uh, responsibility for ourselves and trusting ourselves, we're, we're not really, again, coming back to number two, surrendering to the divine healer within and understanding that inner knowing and that inner guide really important piece to figuring out what is possible in your journey. Okay, so write the prescription for yourself. You're, you know, your body knows in a lot of ways what it needs. Listen to it. Doesn't mean we should stop seeing doctors. Of course, they are trained in, in, in ways that we're not, and they have wisdom that uh, we do need to take heed of and follow and but even in that, make sure that it all resonates within you, okay? So step six, and this is the final step here, treat your fears and resistance, okay? What changes are you afraid to make so that you can step into that impossible future? So this is, again, coming back to recognize the purpose of the illness. What is the root cause? So that you can treat your fears and resistance to the healing. You know, uh, maybe there's a leap of faith that you've got to take and you're afraid to do it. You know, um, I don't know what that is. I gave a couple examples earlier, but at the same time, you know, recognizing, okay, there's nobody holding you back but you. Okay, we don't want to put, give our control to anybody else and say they're the ones and they're the reason why I can't heal. Okay, you're in charge of, if you need to make a leap of faith, you're in charge of that. 
You know, you are the only one with this fear. You're, it's your emotional experience. You've got to step in through that and take responsibility for your body, your emotions, your mind, your thoughts, your 50% of relationships. Okay? Don't give away your power. Draw back in. Be responsible for yourself. Okay? We, entitlement is the opposite of responsibility, thinking that, you know, I just deserve something without trying to earn it. Okay, that's not how this world works. You've got to work for what you want. And if you've got to step through some fear, be brave and courageous to do it and take that leap of faith, maybe this is that time in whatever way that looks like. So uh, chapter nine is really a powerful chapter, and she goes through these six steps in, in greater detail than I am, absolutely. And not only that, she walks you through how to create your own personal prescription. So it's a really great, um, first of all, it's a really great book in general, but chapter nine is a really great tra- chapter if you're truly trying to figure out how to heal. So um, definitely highly recommend this book. If uh, obviously if you've listened to all three parts of this, you know, you're getting a flavor of what's in there. Of course, I could never share all of what's in there. But at the same time, there's definitely a lot in there that's really, really good. So I'm going to jump down to Appendix B, which are the 10 factors that support radical remission. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each of these, but just kind of reading through them. But number one, radically change your diet. Focus on whole veggies, fruits, grains, and beans while eliminating meat, sugar, dairy, and refined grains. Two, take responsibility for your health. Huh, that's funny. We just talked about that, right? Uh, Number three, follow your intuition. Really important. Number four, use herbs and supplements that resonate with you. And I don't know if you've ever heard of kinesiology, but this is another way, it's called muscle testing, to actually allow your body to tell you what it needs. So if that's something that is unfamiliar, go ahead and look up kinesiology it's, uh, or muscle testing. It's something that's really interesting, and there's a lot of studies on it. Actually, it's really funny. My, my second oldest brother, he actually did a um, presentation where he had uh, people do muscle testing just normal and then putting a cigarette in their mouth without lighting it or anything, but just setting it in their mouth and then muscle testing and just showing how much weaker their body was just by having that in their mouth. It was really interesting. Um, uh, So the next one here, release suppressed emotions and then follow that up with increase positive emotions. Okay, and then number six here, embrace social support. Um, The next one is deepen spiritual connection. And then nine, identify a strong reason or purpose for living. This is really important, right? We need to know, we have to have hope that we're here for a reason and we know what that is and we have a strong sense of that for living. And then lastly, this is the most common, regular exercise and movement. We need to move our bodies. Okay, it needs that. So um, the next thing I wanted to share is actually just a real quick short story about what is possible. I was just talking to my mom yesterday, and um, two years ago on um, Good Friday, my mom had a stroke, and it's one of those strokes that uh, it's not a, it's the the minority we could say in terms of 
how severe it is, and she was in that minority of how severe it was. And so she's been um, working through her own health journey, you know, being in a wheelchair, not being able to use her left side of her body very well. And the doctors at the very beginning said, okay, at year one, yes, 12 months in, you'll basically know exactly how far you'll be for the rest of your life. And um, so... First of all, you can just hear how uh, hopeless that sounds. So we just approached the two-year mark um, two days ago. And I'll tell you what, she is still making progress. And this is two years later. She is still making progress and still working towards her healing. And that was just so inspiring to me that, you know, the doctors, they, they have this research and, you know, what they believe but that does not mean that's all that's possible, okay? Do not let anybody steal your hope, okay? Keep stepping into that impossible future, just like my mom, and, and she's doing it every single day, stepping into that, you know? And uh, I just, I know one of these days she's going to be walking up on a stage and not uh, in a wheelchair and sharing this entire healing story with everybody, Um and I'm so excited for that day. All right. So uh, the last thing here is just uh, I wanted to let you guys know the next book I've got on the uh, list here is Think and Live Longer by Dr. Trip Goolsby and his wife, Lene. So he started medical school in 1975 and practiced as a medical oncologist until 2013 when he and Lene transitioned into an integrative clinic. And so if you want a little preview, go to yourinfinitehealth.com. But uh, if you remember, he was actually, I interviewed both of them in episode 62. And, uh, well, funny enough, he's now my oncologist. So there we are. Um, so anyway, that's just a little, little quick preview. But uh, in closing, guys, what is one thing you need to take away from this episode today? And what are you going to do with it, right? Don't just consume. Let's digest this. Let's actually take it in and allow it to create energy for us to move forward with, okay? Let's step into the impossible. So guys, remember, living lucky is not living alone. And if this did help you, please share it. You know, uh, and then please follow us on um, you know, Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you haven't done that already. If you need to check out Live Lucky Therapy, um, if you're looking for a way to deep dive into yourself, you know, that is something at liveluckytherapy.com. You can check out my book and workbook on Amazon. Um, but guys, I just appreciate you so much being here with me today. I love you. And I will look forward to discussing more about living lucky and living limitless next time. Have a great day, everyone.